Hey everyone out there, it's Seth with Jensen USA coming to you with another Kendall versus Kendall with my amazing partner here, Jeff Kendall Weed. And we are actually cranking out a couple of quick episodes here because we had a bit of a slow start yeah. to 2020. Um, and, you know, between crazy amounts of videos and like all this nuttiness with COVID, like we kind of got held up. But now that we are a little bit less busy with some of these other things, uh, we're able to crank out several episodes. So we had a really cool one uh, that we dropped just a little while ago on hardtails and single speeds. And you actually have a couple of cool videos on your Chromag. So definitely worth checking out those uh, to check out what Jeff is doing with uh, his hardtail setup and just how hard he can shred on that thing, which is very hard. In the- <laughs> it's hard on your back. I don't know about how technically hard it is. I don't know. I'm always impressed. So uh, that is one thing, like not to get way segued before we get into our episode today, but I, I did love my single speed and hardtails, but I did always find that if I got fatigued and tired, I would often migrate back to my full squishes yes. just to let my body recover. Yeah. So. All right, Jeff, what are we talking about today? Today's podcast is all about the world of kids' bikes, and we're going to cover everything from riding mountain bikes with your kid to getting your kid their first bike, and the progression from nine-inch or so wheels, maybe even smaller, all the way up to, I don't know, can we call 26-inch wheel kids' bikes, or is that... Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the new realm of 26. Yeah, so. totally. I've seen some pretty young kids, like 12 or so, I, maybe even younger than that, on 26-inch lately. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, before we jump into this, uh, just before I was about to record this podcast with you, I was on the phone with my brother, um, and obviously he is a Kendall as well. Yep. <laughs> and he he said, you know, I'm really excited to listen to your new episodes of Kendall versus Kendall. I'm rooting for Kendall. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> I joking. I jokingly told him, well, the other guy's name is uh, Kendall Weed, so you got to pick which one you're more in favor of. And in, then I thought, I actually don't know whether Jeff is, because I'm assuming this is a hyphenation between your wife and you. No, no, no. Is my wife correct, took my or? hyphenated last name. So when my parents got okay. married, you know, they're aging hippies. My mom didn't want to take my dad's last name. She wanted to maintain her, her own maiden name. So yeah. they were like, no yeah. worries, we'll just call the school and see if any kids have a hyphenated last name. And sure enough, there was a kid right then and there in the principal's office getting a talking to who had a hyphenated last name. And they assumed that that meant it was completely easy, no problems at all. And problem solved, kids to get Wait. hyphenated names. And that's how it started. <laughs> all right. So dad is Kendall dad is or, weed. Dad, or mom, mom is, is oh, Kendall. Dad is weed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. I wonder if there's some heritage where we overlap There could easily somewhere. be. Uh, my mom's side of the family directly comes down from the Queen of England or something like that. And Ooh. they have uh, a bunch of family was in the um, not the, the Revolutionary War. So we have ancestors okay. in the States yeah. from starting in the 1700s from England. Interesting. Yeah. We, we uh, have a pretty um, in-depth history on our side. Uh, we actually have a book that was created from family members from, uh, yeah, like old war letters through several different wars and stuff. But it was, um, at the time, the Latta letters is what the book's called. Um, But it was a series of letters between the family that ultimately like carried over uh, this Kendall heritage. So I'm 
really bad at history and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But if you were to ask my mom, <laughs> she's like all dialed on that stuff. I and, think as we get uh, older, we'll amazing. get more interested in it. Probably. And with more time on my hands and less less time for me, at least currently, because trails are closed. Oh, uh, that's writing. Right. Yeah. I should probably dig in. So. But we're not here to talk about history. We're t- here to talk about the future, and the future of bikes <laughs> is kids yep. on bikes. So let's talk about that. Uh, Jeff, how old is your daughter? Our daughter was born November 2016, which makes her about three and a half now. And you've got two okay. kiddos. Yeah, we've got two. Um, I've got uh, Ethan, or as we call him, uh it used to be baby danger. Now it's kid danger. Uh, and that's because his middle name is danger. Um, wow. and then we have a second one who is Asher and, uh, <laughs> Ethan likes to call him like crasher or basher. Um, How old is Asher but now? his like middle name, months, eight months. Uh, he's eight cool, months. Cool. Yeah. And, and Ethan is just about to turn five okay. here in, in May. Um, and Asher's middle name is Bravery. So oh. uh, it's interesting seeing how those names have played out in their actual characters because Ethan tends to actually be fairly reserved and cautious, uh, whereas Asher, and granted, he's new, but he's he new. seems to have... <laughs> He seems to have a little more aggression and, you know, be a little uh, braver, if you will. Sure. Uh, so that one seems to to play out. My wife always likes to joke that um, we named uh, Ethan Danger so that he could recognize danger and stay far away from it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the modus operandi. So. That's funny. Anyways, um, but yeah, we've been doing this... Um, kids bike thing for a while and uh you know we're pretty stoked on how it's turned out yeah. but there was definitely some hiccups and speed bumps along the way trying to figure this stuff out um you know i i think this is an area both for jensen but as the writing public in general or the writing world um that is improving uh, I think if you go back a few years, there wasn't as much information no. out there on the interwebs. Uh, and so it was kind of just like fumbling in the dark to try to figure these things out. Nowadays, we have a lot of really good sites, right? There's uh, Two-Wheeling Tots is a great one. Uh, the Bike yep. Dads is phenomenal. I love those guys on Instagram. I'm always like, oh, man, I'm so psyched, like, watching <laughs> what they're doing. You I finally know? got to meet those um, guys in Whistler this past summer, and they were super nice. I want to meet up with them. They're right nice. across the border in Vancouver, and I want to say Calgary or Kamloops. So I need to head up there and hang out with them once the border opens back up. Yeah, yeah. And it, they're just doing a lot of cool things and everything from testing bikes to um, writing guides on how to you know, teach your kid new tricks or uh, just showing cool videos to inspire you. Uh, all, all kinds of cool or stuff. Or to inspire going on your them. kid. Yes, yeah, absolutely. The other day, a friend sent me a, a video of a little girl on a CRF 70 just roosting around a backyard moto track, just sliding through the turns, nice. flat tracking it. And she must have been five or six. Huge pink helmet. She's wearing just like a dress and then moto boots. And I'm showing my yeah. daughter, like, look, this could be you in the backyard. She's like, Our mouth is wide open, just so psyched. <laughs> uh, nice, nice. Yeah, and uh, there's uh, a couple of like really cool brands that are doing stuff like that. You were actually just talking about you're getting your daughter a cool little setup that's 
pseudo bike, pseudo moto. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I wish we had more e-bike access because as we get more into this, you know, kids are pretty small. My daughter's like 28 pounds or so. You know, yep. she's three and a half, so she's on the skinnier, slender side. Doesn't have a ton of muscle. She's easier. She can. Yep. She's small and light, so it's not a lot of person to move up a hill. But she doesn't have a ton of muscle, so pedaling. Like I've kind of noticed that across the board, pedaling is hard for kids. Not because they don't yep. necessarily want to. It's just way hard. They don't have the muscle mass. And when their bike weighs a huge percentage of their body weight, it's extra hard. And then there aren't really a whole lot of geared options available for the smaller wheel sizes. Derailers are like dragging on the ground when the wheels get real small. So yep. I, d I do Absolutely. think electric would really help a lot of kids out with simply being able to access the trails. And the trail network we live on is not e-bike uh approved yeah. or legal or whatnot so uh i would love to get her a little stasic or something but uh, i know there's gonna be yeah. drama about it so i'm like kind of torn but i did just get her a little I, she doesn't know about it yet so no one no one spoil the surprise and tell her but i did get her a little electric mini moto a cheapo razor one just to see if she likes it and see if mama will be okay with it and it'll be here tomorrow yeah. I'm i'm stoked <laughs> Ah, man, that's so exciting. Yeah, I've been uh, real tempted by those Stasic cycle those stuff. Cool. Um, yeah, I've got a buddy that works over there. Um, he's actually an old Intense family. Um, and man, ever since they've come out, like I'm like, ah, that looks so rad. And I actually live in a good area for it because our trails are e-bike legal. Yeah. And so I am real tempted, um, but we'll see. Uh, I haven't pulled the trigger yet, so... We'll see how that goes. Uh, and for anyone wondering, these Stasic things are basically, uh, it's like a, a drill battery yep. that goes on to a little kid's bike. And it's like a Strider it's with like a drill a, battery and a drill motor. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, it's pretty cool because it, it's more moto style, if you will. You know, but it's yeah. like built on it's a. It's kind of like a pretty good uh, hybrid between a bike and a moto. I mean, it's bicycle parts yeah. and it's like not that heavy. And then it's just moto in that there's no pedals or whatever. There's no pedals. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's so, it'd be so hard to make a... I mean, you could totally do a pedal assist single speed. And I think that's yeah. a big segment. If someone wants to crack that code and make that bike, I could. I would buy one. That would be awesome. Yeah. Right? You hear that, Stasic? Maybe <laughs> we need that option in your lineup. Like a little set of cranks with just a little pedal assist. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah. I, I think that absolutely. So, well, let's... um. Let's actually dig into this with some form here. So maybe let's start at the beginning, Jeff. Um, how uh, how did you introduce your daughter to, to writing? Oh, man. Well, one thing that I've always heard and I kind of believe is that if kids sees mom riding, kids definitely mm -hmm. going to want to ride. And then if kids sees dad riding, kid might want to ride. So... My wife's oh, a, a former national champ, cross-country racer, single-speed world champ. Pretty hard. She spends more time on her bike than I do. So, yeah. yeah. So, we're a big bike family. So, I kind of assumed kiddo would want to be like mama and ride a bike. Mm -hmm. And as things have progressed, when the whole family is together doing something, kid's way more into it. So, yeah. Uh, eight months or so, we bought just a really cheapo um, bike that had two rear wheels right next to each other. And they, okay. they kind of had quite a bit of negative camber. So they kind of formed like a yeah. wedge in back that would help balance her. And at eight months, she's way too small to be able to ride it. She couldn't even walk yet. But just like, yeah. you know, got it in the toy room. And like, I, I would pop around on it a little bit just to show her how it works. She had like no interest or whatever. Didn't really know about bikes a whole lot. And then uh, 
a neighborhood boy was over who was like a year older and he hops on it and zooms around and then she gets real interested for a few weeks and yeah you know she kind of just plays with it spins the wheels and then when she's like 14 15 months then she starts to actually have interest in riding it and by the time she was like uh 16 18 months she was actually riding it around the driveway and stuff and taking it outside this thing's so small we could totally ride it inside the house just like the rule was no helmets inside necessary you're not going fast yep outside wear a helmet and be careful but inside is like we try to make it not such a big deal about getting ready and all that just to have fun and play with it so that's how we started yeah, and that was uh, similar to us. Uh, we went straight to a Strider. Okay. Um, so we bought that um, before his first Christmas. So we're talking, he was born in May. So, you know, like less than eight months or whatever. And same thing, kind of just put it in his realm and we'd put him on it and like hold the handlebars mm-hmm. and, you know, like scoot him around and stuff like that. And uh yeah, totally just let him ride it around the house and stuff. And then as he progressed, um, started introducing him to the outside. And it's funny because the I have like videos and pictures and stuff of him on it outside. And he's basically just walking. He's not riding a bike, right? Yeah. He's just walking. But it wasn't long until those strides got just a little bit more. You know, you'd see him glide just a little bit yep. off of each push and stuff like that. And I go back to when I was a kid. And um, again, <laughs> I'm terrible with history, even my own. Yeah, but how old were you but, when you started um, riding? Well, that's what I was going to say is like, I think if I remember correctly, I didn't ride a um, like a training wheel bike until... I was like five or something like that, five or six. And then I didn't ride a pedal bike until quite a bit after that. And so I was in that six to eight range before I was riding a pedal bike. And I keep telling my wife just how like shocking it is to watch, even when my kid was on the Strider, him at, you know, two and a half years old, ripping down the street on a Strider bike. And I was like, it just wasn't even my reality. Now, my brother did remind me that um, it, that may not have been my reality, but I was also a really good swimmer as a kid. Oh, cool. So, you know, like, this is it's different things. Yeah, this is Hawaii when we grew up in Hawaii. Hawaii is a good place so. to be a good swimmer. Yes, very much so. Um, and so, you know, it's it's different things um, that, are, that are coming out as talents or whatever. But it is really exciting as somebody who loves bikes, obviously, to see my kid progressing so quickly. And the Strider bikes, uh, like, and, you know, there's all kinds of brands of balance bikes out there. But for us, it was Strider. And we absolutely love them. And I've seen the one that you're talking about, or at least some version of it, where it's got that canted wheel that just helps them balance. And those are super cool. Yeah. And is that the kind that you can actually put them back together? Yep. And they so... can go to super positive camber and um, allow for a little bit more cornering or whatever. So she couldn't even walk when nice. she started scooting around on it a little bit. Yeah. It's just like yeah, she yeah. would pop around the house like a lap or two and then move on to something else. Yeah, but like it, it just kind of opened the door up, like lowered the the bar, the gate, the barrier to entry as much as possible. Yeah. Now, the other piece um, you, you mentioned was, you know, seeing your parents ride helps to inspire you, especially mom. Um, for us, my, my wife doesn't ride as much, but she definitely started to more um, when when Ethan was born. Uh, and one of the things that we did uh, was to get at the time it was... Um, 
uh, I'm blanking on the name now. It was a Thule, uh, it had a different name to it, but now it's the Yep Mini. Oh, um, yeah, 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 It's still yeah. owned by Thule, mm-hmm. but they um, changed that up. That's the seat and that, that goes the, on, the, on the front or the back? It's the front, right? That's the front one. They do have a Yep that goes on the back as well. Um, but we had tried a, like a no-name one that somebody had you know, passed down to us. And what we found was that it the interaction of having the kid behind you and whatever just wasn't ideal. The weight was a little bit different. Um, and I wanted to use this for going on actual like trails and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so having it on the back just it didn't feel ideal. So we went with this front carrier, this Yep Mini, um, that just kind of attaches to the stem. And the kid can hold on to the handlebar and they've got like a you know, four or so point harness that goes all around them. And he had his helmet on and um, he has a favorite stuffed animal called blue. That's a big (laughs) blue whale. Um, I mean, at the time it was like half his body size and we would take that with us and shove it down between the handlebars and him. And it worked like an airbag. So if you did hit (laughs) anything with any sort of like bounce to it, you know, it helped steady his head and like it kept him from contacting like the handlebars or anything like that. So it really helped to do that. Um, but it was rad because, you know, we'd put it on, um, we had like a beach cruiser thing. And so my wife yeah. would ride that and we'd go on family rides down the bike path. Or if it were me, I was trying um during that period, I was really trying to get mileage because I lived in Springfield, Illinois. Everything's flat. Stuff can be shut down all year. So like mountain biking can be hard during the winter. But uh, I would go out and he and I would do either bike path rides or gravel rides or a mix of bike path and gravel. Or even if it was dry enough, we'd go on single track trails that were pretty mellow. I mean, we're talking green for sure. Yeah. Um, but we'd crank out mileage like dead minimum 12 miles oh, cool. and upwards upwards of like 25, 30 miles on the bike. And he absolutely loved that thing because it just puts them front and center yeah. to all the action. They get to, you know, kind of experience the way a bike actually leans and everything. You can talk them through stuff. So if there's like a feature coming up or a bump or something, you can tell them to stiffen up their arms or to, you know, like have some sort of body input to it. So we're a huge fan of that front carrier. I think so. Bumps are actually kind of minimized from the kids up front on the bike too. Yeah. 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 Cause there's kind of like a pendulum rocker effect mm-hmm. that happens on that rear yeah yeah and so, i think they're safer too because if you were to like low side and fall over your handlebar is going to hit the ground rather than the kid smashing right into it so they're yeah. safer in that regards but if you have like an endo or whatever that's not going to be good but from the back of the bike in an endo they're just going to get catapulted and smashed into the ground too so i kind of do think it's the safest place yeah and if you think about it too the weight while being f- like near the handlebars, it's still behind the stem. Mm-hmm. And it actually, um, what I've found both with this and with like the Mac, uh, Mac ride that I know you use, and I've been using that kids ride mm-hmm. shotgun is it actually, um, creates kind of a more centered weight in the bike frame. Um, oh, it's more, much easier a- to handle the bike when the weight's that centered. Yeah. And it puts more weight over the front wheel. So, uh, you can, you can see it 
like grip harder in corners and stuff. So I felt way more confident on that setup than I did on uh, the, the normal rear yeah. setup. And so I was a huge fan. Um, we still have it. We're basically, I think, right at the point where we think we can put Asher in it. This is about when we did it with, uh, cool. with Ethan. And so... Um, I think we'll probably start doing that. And then uh, right now we have a, a tag along um, that, or a trailer bike that goes on the back. Yeah. And so I think we're going to try to do some some family rides here since kind of on lockdown and <laughs> might as well go see some stuff, you know? Yeah, uh, man, I forget when we re- uh, I remember popping around the neighborhood a little bit with Evelina on the kid carrier, the Ergo or whatever. Yep, yep. And we just did that real casual on like a very upright, like enduro style bike. I didn't want to mm-hmm. be like too leaned over forwards. All my bikes are pretty upright. And we would take that to the park just real casually, but it's nowhere near as comfortable as having the kid off you and on the bike. It's just yeah. Evelina wasn't really into the the bike thing until she was more like 14-ish months old. And we used that green Ebert safety seat quite a bit at that oh, point. Yeah. It just provided yeah, more yeah. support for her. And I don't I need to look at this Thule thing, but I think it's kind of similar in that it's a bigger seat and it had a, a crossbar that goes down over her lap to keep her from getting sent forwards as well as yep. a harness. So yeah. that was a really good kid setup, but man, she was not into bumps at all until she was like 18 months, 20 months or okay. so. And then we started to do like light fire access roads, gravel roads, that sort of thing. And she could get into it for a while. She could withstand like an hour, hour and a half. And then kind of anything's too long after an hour when your kid's not even two years old yeah. yet. Well, that is my, like one of my pro tips is like, uh, both with bikes and with skiing, I always pack some sort of snack. Yes. Um, and it doesn't matter if you think you're going for five minutes <laughs> or five hours, pack snacks. Yes, yes. And make them easily accessible because I used to, like on these long rides with Ethan, I would literally like reach in my pocket while we're riding and like grab a snack out and like feed him around, <laughs> you know, like, and as long as we had those things, uh, he was good man like we were good times and he would i would check in with him all the time like how are you doing do you want to go back and whatever and if he seemed to be indicating at all like of course i'm going to turn around because a kid that's upset on the trail is not that's not benefiting anybody at that point so definitely worth coming back any ride on the trail with a kid is more about the kid than about you so yep yeah absolutely so um, after that, uh, we ended up going um, more fully to a Strider. Um, at this point, we've now moved out to Hood River. Um, and so we've done that. And then we spent a lot of time that first year, and still um, up until things closed down, we were spending a lot of time on the pump track cool. with the Strider. So uh, what age also... was, was Danger... Uh... Little Ethan, what, what, when did he start really riding that Strider and actually gliding enough to use the pump track? Uh, I would say, well, he was ready for the pump track pretty much immediately as far wow. as skill goes. Yeah. Um, he, but we moved out here when he was three. So, you know, like he had been on that Strider for a while. I would say the glide for the Strider started probably right around that 18-month to two-year range cool. um, is where he started to like it looked like he was riding a bike, you know. Um, prior to that, it was much more of a, a walkish type thing that was going on. Yeah. Um, 
And then uh, I have seen, though, kids like way younger than that who are full into the stride thing. So, you know, I think it depends on the kid for sure. But uh, when we got to the pump track, he was pretty scared. I mean, it was it's a big pump track. I know adults who are scared to get on it. Wow. And uh, we, you know, we're walking. I was basically just walking him around the pump track to try to teach him the line and, you know, make him understand how it like speeds up every time you go over a bump and everything. And he eventually got to where he could do it all on his own, but he would only uh, start from the flat spots and he wouldn't drop in. That's and tough. To give scale to the people out there, uh, both on our podcast, and actually, we should probably make mention that we're on, we're recording today a video, so we'll see how that goes. We might be on YouTube with this one. Um, but, uh, you know, like the size of the drop-in on this pump track is probably four, five feet, somewhere in there. Uh, so it's pretty decent. That's and double overhead like, for a kiddo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the drop-in's like straight into like a quick bump and then a hard left-hand corner. And so it's a lot to take in. And he was like really scared to do it. I kept trying to convince him and like be like, I'm right here. I can do it, you know, or you can do it. I'll, I'll catch you if you need. And he just wasn't trusting me. And up rolls this girl who, I mean, she couldn't have been more than three and a half herself. And she just straight drops in on a Strider bike. And like my kid literally goes, I can do that. And just chases <laughs> after her. And from like that time on, it was it was game on. Like this kid was doing um, everything he could to be out there. Uh, so I think that's a big thing is if you can, obviously times are a little weird right now, but if you can, getting your kid around other kids who ride is super beneficial um, it helps to push them in a way that, that you as a parent will struggle to do, you know, like there's just something about wanting to keep up with your friends. Yeah. And just seeing so. that it's plain old possible too. It's just like, Oh, that's not a big deal. And then boom. Yeah. 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 For sure. Now I have a question for you. Helmets. Yeah. Uh, half shell, full face. Oh, both? our, our little girl's pretty small. So we've never dealt with a full face. My wife's always been of the perspective that the full face is too heavy for how uh, small yeah. our little girl is. She doesn't like heavy clothing at all. So we've always gone for half shell mini helmet. And okay. part of that is we, we know she doesn't like going fast. We trust her to yeah. rarely ever go over, you know, 15 miles an hour. And she rarely rides faster than she can run. And from my eyes, like I've noticed that humans get a lot more injured once they're exceeding their natural running speed mm -hmm. when they crash. Cause you know, we've, We've evolved to be able to withstand, you know, a crash from up to 20 miles an hour with minimal broken bones and stuff. Yes, things can happen, but you'll probably be okay if you crash going slower speed. And when yeah. you, once you go over that, all of a sudden you're going past what the body's been developed for over the millions of years or whatever. And that's when things really start going sideways. So I'm like, you know, I don't want her to lose her baby teeth and smash her face up. But if it's the difference, yeah. if it's the difference between having fun riding and not having fun, then whatever. So we actually, she was so small. She was like a 42 or 44 centimeter uh, noggin. We got a helmet from the UK. We just got it on the oh, internet okay. and we couldn't find anything in a 44 centimeter size available in the United States. Nothing. Huh, and the only spot we could do it was Europe or Asia. And the European one was, it made more sense to us. We went for this British yeah. helmet. It's just this tiny little thing. She's, it, she's still small head, but um, I think she's like 46. She kind of sort of fits the Cali helmet now 
with okay. with a beanie on under it. Yeah, that was uh, our trick. Is uh, oh. when we first put Ethan. Uh, this is back in like uh, early Strider and the Yep mini seat things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would put a beanie on him and put the helmet on because we couldn't find one small enough for his head. Uh, luckily, that didn't last too terribly long, um, and so he he fit into that helmet fairly quick. But uh, yeah, definitely challenging. Um, we're now at the stage, and this pretty much came at pump track time, that we ended up going with a full face helmet. And uh, there's a growing amount of those, which is awesome. Um, but the one we ended up on is from 7IDP. It's actually a, a kid's version of their M1 helmet. Um, and he loves that. He calls it his dino helmet and like, it's, it's taken some abuse for sure. And I just, I'm so thankful for it. Cause you can see all the times he's like skidded out and bonked his head and whatever. And it's like still holding up and like, none of these crashes have been hard enough that I'm worried about the helmet's integrity. Um, but it's definitely saved him a few times but like you said these are at places where it's beyond what you know uh, the normal run pace or whatever is he's gotcha. definitely going faster he's pushing it you know like we have um a little set of dirt trails below our pump track that actually get pretty steep and quite loose and he's taken it down that and you know like wiped out a few times and to get away from something like that with just a couple of scrapes on your knee or whatever is way better than like smashing your head into something. Yeah. So. Oh man. My daughter actually broke her helmet with riding with her mama. Not with me. Thank goodness. Whoa. But not badly. Just the front part. Cause she face planted and the front like kids helmets often have like a visor built out of styrofoam. Oh yeah. Which I think is a good idea. Cause if they're not wearing a full face, that extra bit of thing off the forehead can keep their like their eyes yep. and their nose from hitting the ground and so she lost a big chunk out of that so okay yeah time for a fresh helmet but man she had a big otb with me on friday or something we were coming down a local blue level trail that like it's like a, a big strava race going on folks love racing down it so it's like a, a pretty legit trail not crazy we pedal up it pretty often and she's there's a slippery rock, and she just is hard on the brakes. Front tire comes down it, twists 90 degrees, and jackknives uh, yeah. full OTB right under her face. I'm so glad she didn't actually have anything bad happen, but she got a mouthful of dirt. And yeah, yeah. Well, I'll be in the market for a full face here soon as she starts riding more proper trails. Uh, yeah, luckily there's a, a growing amount of those that are are good and light and. Uh, or lightish. Yeah, you know? I'm curious about the. Um, I want to say it was 100. percent was selling a kid-sized mm-hmm. helmet, a youth helmet that went down to like 47 or 48 centimeters. It looked like one of the smallest options, but nice. it was spendy. I, I want to say it was 200 dollars or something like that, or maybe even 280. It was a lot of yeah. money for a kid's helmet, and you never know when your kid's gonna hit a growth spurt and go up four helmet sizes. Yeah, and that's that's the challenge with kids stuff, right? Yeah. Like it's just there is a time limit on all of this. But at the same time, um, like you're only a kid once and life's short and with this COVID, you know, yeah. life could be over any day now. Like we kind of got to live a little bit too. So it's yeah. like, ah. Well, and honestly, right now, this is my kid's main outlet. Like we yeah. um, we usually would go, you know, periodically into Portland and go to the like science museum and sure. we go, he loves Indian food. So we'd go to this <laughs> restaurant and like- Your kid's way braver than ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In that situation, I guess, but he's pretty picky about some other stuff. 
But anyways, you know, like we used to have all these things. We'd go do play dates, the playground, oh. and now the bike is like the one thing that we can get out and do and maintain our social distance and all yeah. that stuff. And and so he's on that every day now. And it's actually it's like one of the few like blessings I can take out of this COVID thing yeah. is that I have watched my kid progress immensely on his bike because uh, he's now on a 16-inch um, pedal bike. Nice. And his skills just every day improve so much because he's just on it. Yeah. And, he, you know, there's other kids in the neighborhood and they're all doing their thing. And so he's, there's this kid, Cole, who absolutely, he's almost the same age as Ethan. I think wow. he's like four months older or six months older. But like he will be barefoot, shirtless, full face helmet on <laughs> and riding a 20 inch bike, oh, wow. just mobbing. And then him and his brother built like a little just wooden ramp thing. <laughs> and he's like sending it. And you know, the the way sidewalks are built, they have like the little, little um, uh, expansion marks on them, yeah. right? Where they little cut into it. cracks every three and a half feet. Yeah. He's clearing like one and a half, two of those. Oof. And you're just like, holy cow. <laughs> and so my kid's not nearly as good at writing as he is, but watching him do stuff is pushing Ethan to sure. push harder and everything. So sure. huge fan of that. Um, so now let's talk about, we've talked about kind of early bike stuff. Um, and you've been a big fan of Womb. I've been on uh, Strider bikes, uh, that kind of stuff. But as you're moving towards pedal bikes, do you have any thoughts as to, uh, or like challenges that you've seen and had to overcome in well, that area? One big thing that you got to look at are brakes. Cause once the kid's confident with using the brake, then you can get them riding all kinds of cool spots. And our, yes. our little girl started using the brake, like pretty reliably consistently at right around two years old. And I could actually trust her to use her brake on the steeper stuff by two and a half, even mm -hmm. earlier than that, too. I, I remember getting videos and photos before we went to Arkansas, I want to say, to shoot that video um, way back. And she was riding a local trail with the brake, totally in control, gliding. And we had the Womb 1. And I know you guys just got Norco. Norco yep. has some pretty cool kids' bikes. They're not nearly as expensive as the Wombs. And yeah. I believe they have... Um, a strider style run bike with the handbrake and yeah, that's pretty cool yeah. once you get that it really opens up the spots you can go so yeah we got that womb when she was 18 months old or so and i did a little like video about it for womb in exchange for receiving a bike and she wasn't quite using the brake like to the point that i'd trust her at, at that age but by the time her second birthday rolled around she was and we also swapped on some more mountain bikey tires since we primarily ride off-road here in yeah. Bellingham. Yeah, yeah. And uh, our first pedal bike for Ethan was a little 12-inch uh, Cleary Oh, Gecko? those are great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man, Cleary and bikes, those are from San Rafael, California. I wish I got to know those guys before I moved out of town, but those bikes look really cool. Yeah, they're really cool. And the Gecko is awesome. I mean, it's tiny. Um, and we're excited to use it for mm -hmm. Asher um, when he's ready. We kind of put Ethan on it a little bit too late. Ah. And so geometry was like way off for his body size. Um, and I think it actually did a little bit of a detriment to his learning curve because like he just was not able to pedal with any efficiency. 
uh, and it just wasn't the right setup. But that wasn't the fault of the bike. I think that really was on us for doing it a little too late and a little too long. Nah, his um, fault for growing too fast. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Jeez, Ethan. Um, but, you know, like part of that was is not knowing where to go next. We were like really struggling on like what to do for a bike and trying to figure it out. Um, and we ended up going uh, having a buddy who was getting rid of a um, early rider in a 16 inch. And we, we made that tra- transition this year. Uh, you could see that the geometry just fit him better and it just opened up the world for him. And actually we've been having to raise the seat as he progresses because he's getting better and it allows him to go faster. Yeah. He can pedal more efficiently with a straighter knee. Yeah. So, and I actually would not be surprised if he's pretty short lived on this 16 inch, um, early rider Mm -hmm. and might go to a 20 fairly quickly because of how fast he's progressed. And that's a hard thing as a parent to stomach because even getting this bike used from a buddy and who he gave me a great price, it still was kind of painful, like knowing that this was a short-lived thing, right? Like when I buy a bike for me, I can be like, yeah, I can have this for years. I (laughs) generally don't, but I could. It's hard to make those statements um, with kids' bikes, right? Like, we tend to see that... Dude, I'm right there, too. I'm, like, debating if I want to get a Prevello with disc brakes for the mountain bike trails that she's riding all the time, and... It's like, oh, that's a chunk of change. And like with this whole like electric mini moto thing, I'm like, a Stasic would be better, but I don't know if she'll even like the motor. I'll I'll try the cheap. So yeah. I don't know if there's any definitive things out. I don't know. Like I, th- I think it's pretty cool that Norco has those lower price bikes because then you can see if yeah. your kid's into it. And if they're into it, th- if then it's so hard to convince your, your significant other that it's important to buy the same thing again because it's better lighter faster whatever so uh, it's a tough yeah. one either way i say just go for the nicer stuff now because you know what the amount of satisfaction and memories and good times you get out of a bike that's pretty hard to beat with anything else and honestly yeah. a good kid's bike you know three four hundred dollars that's not nearly as bad as a good adult bike so uh, yeah i, I need to just harden up and buy that if <laughs> you do have two kids or more yeah you pass uh, it it's down. real easy to pass on so that's been our justification is we just know that we're going to hang on to these so i've just been you know like the strider went up into storage and it'll be there for a little bit longer until asher's ready to to roll on that and then once uh He's ready for that. We'll bring it down, and then the the gecko will come back down, and so on the and so gecko. forth. Yeah, I um, really wanted one of those geckos. I had this relationship with Womb, so I went for the Womb. Um, the only thing about the Womb pedal bike is that it's 14 inch wheels instead of 12, which mm-hmm. is tough because it's bigger, and you know a lot of the times that standover clearance is key. But then the bigger wheels are so much more stable at speed. Yep. However, it's tough to find knobby tires in a 14-inch diameter. A lot of the times, these there's so many good brands that make kids' bikes. Like I talk about Womb all the time. Cleary is another one. Early Rider, Prevello. There's yep. Spawn bikes. There's little Shredder bikes. Um, there's Kakua. Kakua Jumper is yep. a really cool full suspension Strider-style bike. There's And there's just like the tip of the iceberg. There's all these cool brands doing this and. I think Womb is one of the fastest growing companies in the cycling industry right now. So folks are hearing about them more, but there's a ton of these smaller brands that make really high quality products. And a lot of them have these relationships with the Asian suppliers where they can get OE quantities of like 14 inch knobby tires, but then aftermarket, they're really hard to find. So man, it's almost like 
I'd almost consider getting a whole bike if it comes with that tire because a 25, 35 pound kid isn't going to be destroying a tire nearly as fast as a grown up's yeah. going to be. So yeah, absolutely. Weird little thing we've saw. I, yeah, there's, there's some pretty cheap Kevlar bead tires available on the internet though, that don't weigh a whole lot, which is kind of cool. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and like luckily on our new bike for Ethan, the 16-inch, tires are a lot easier to come yes. by. And actually the guy I bought it from had both. So we uh, it had the knobbies on there originally, and we've cool. just left those on because he likes dirt. Mm -hmm. uh, his, his favorite thing is to get on the dirt. And he rides it on the street all the time. But, you know, I'd rather sacrifice a little bit of efficiency there for him to be able to still go on the dirt. Yeah. Um, so how old was Ethan when he really started pedaling? Um, he started pedaling at two, two and a half. Yeah. Evelina was the same age. Yep. Yeah. I, I think it was like right before we moved out here. Um, and so... He was about two and a half, and uh, he still preferred the the Strider when mm -hmm. we went to the pump track because of just the challenge of the trail itself. Um, but for like street stuff, he was pretty good on on the pedal bike there. Yeah. Um, and now he's absolutely killing it on his pedal bike, like just flying down the street. He's starting up. He's actually practicing pedaling standing up cool um, yeah Evelina and learning how to apply that that power down you know he's like getting that a little better um and so it's pretty rad to watch and uh i'm i'm pretty excited about it um one of the things that we found really challenging and and we actually um there's some guides out there. The two wheeling tots guide to bikes is I think just one of the best ones that people should read. But, um, a big push is for sizing bikes according to, uh, inseam and, um, your minimum seat height. Right. Cool. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that was something that I, for a while I struggled to really figure this out because, you know, I knew adult bikes really well. I could size people up, you know, half, halfway good by just looking at them, you know, and be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm pretty sure this, this, and this. But with kids' bikes, it's a little challenging because if you just look at wheel size, um, that's only a portion of the story, right? Like, it's it's real tempting to be like, oh, 12-inch, that's for like, you know, two to three-year-olds or whatever. But if you actually look at some of the geometries and stuff, um, while wheel size matters, uh, the seat height is way more crucial because it's going to be the thing that either allows them to touch the ground, not allow them to touch the ground, or maybe have some room to grow in it, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and so what we found is, especially on Ethan's latest bike, is that matching that minimum seat height to um, his inseam uh, was really crucial. And in this case, because this is his second pedal bike, uh, I wanted that minimum seat height to be a little bit on the higher side so that his toes, like he kind of has to tippy toe just a little bit at the minimum uh, height. And that gives us some room to grow in there. Um, whereas with his first bike, the the Gecko, um, that one, uh, you know, you want to be able to flat foot it because you're basically moving from a strider where yeah. you are flat footing things uh, to a pedal bike. And so, yeah, they're not going to be able to mash up hills super fast or anything, but they're going to make that transition really well. So... Um, that was definitely something that was a learning point for me. And then the other thing that took a while for me to like 
realize what I was looking at was body position that uh, when you look at kids bikes just without a kid on them they kind of look weird when they have good geometry because you've got to have a really kind of low slung or sloping top tube so that you have good standover so that if they need to dismount quickly they're not fighting that with their you know the confluence of their legs we'll say the crotch uh right they're not having to battle that as a thing but you also want a fairly long top tube on there so you kind of want a a long cockpit and so these bikes that i think look funny tend to actually be the ones that fit better they have kind of longer reach on them but really low slung top tubes um the wheels tend to look a little bit off you know but if if you have too short of a wheelbase, too short of a top tube, it puts the kid a little bit too much upright and kind of minimizes their yeah. ability to efficiently pedal and put down power. Well, keep in mind, these little wheels are very, very twitchy because they make for that really small trail measurement. Yeah, so for sure. So the womb bikes are cool because the forks are zero offset, which really slows down the steering quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I think Strider might actually do the same thing, too, with zero offset forks and even a super slack head angle. Um, but then when the top tubes start getting longer, that also helps add some more stability and control. So yep. that whole long front center thing, I think, is a really good thing for the kids' bikes. Yeah. And it's funny because if you look at them on pictures, I think they look kind of weird because they don't have that typical geometry that you'd think of for a, an adult bike. But you have to remember that kids have kind of weird body geometry right yeah, like they got they've got these heads, big old big heads <laughs> and like tiny short legs and uh, yeah. all that kind of stuff so you know it's it's no wonder that if you look at the cheap department store bikes that we've all historically known and like what i grew up with they didn't fit great and it's because they're oh. just compacting down you know uh, substandard bikes that they took from adults and just made them small but there really needed to be some rethinking of how geometry uh, was being Im- implemented for kids' bikes. And so uh, definitely like inseam and minimum seat height it should be kind of your first place. And then, yeah, if you can get kind of a longer cockpit for that, uh, and like Jeff said, uh, uh, zero offset, that that improves the trail of that front wheel. So just stability is everything. Because, yeah, man, a 12 and 14 and 16-inch wheel is so twitchy. Yeah. So. And if there's any other bike part that I could upgrade, like like I mentioned, that Prevello, the disc brakes seem like such a cool way to go. Yeah. Um, I don't think, like, Womb is offering some mountain bikes now. I haven't checked them out that closely to see what the smallest wheel size is. Prevello is based, I think, in Riverside. Like, they're Southern California, and they actually sponsor a jump trail here in Bellingham on Galbraith. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I really want to support those dudes. And there's a neighborhood kid that has two, one in his mom's house, one in his dad's house. And they've just, I know, he has loved those and has been shredding on them. I might yeah. actually buy one of those for Evelina. But the, the biggest holdup now, she's, you know, she's been mountain biking for a few months, riding like some, not gnarly stuff, but riding real trails. And her hands will get tired and she'll have a hard yep. time with the brakes. She has not had a tough time with like grabbing the front brake too hard and flipping over the handlebars. I see some parents yeah. telling their kids, don't touch the front brake. I don't think I really agree with that. I think um, the kids' hands are, they need all the braking power they can get, and the front brake's going to give them yeah. enough so they don't run into something and crash. 
So, yeah, I wished more disc brake options were available. And if I could go back and have the choice between the womb and something with a disc, I would probably go for the disc. But the wombs are so lightweight, and that's been really helpful. Yeah, so that's been the other thing um, is, it, you know, going to the early rider really did shave weight. And I think that opened up things for Ethan. And, again, it's not that the Clary is even all that heavy. Um, it, it's just the the transition um to the early rider was uh, geometry and weight and all that and so which early rider are you talking about because they have quite um, a few i'm on the belter 16 i think it is okay um cool. yeah so and like i said i think he's going to jump out of that pretty pretty quickly um so we might be in the market for a bike come christmas again but uh you know like i would say like if you're looking for a good bike for your kid to really progress on like, yeah, those key things are going to be handbrakes for sure. I'm the coaster brake. I, there are some kids in the neighborhood who are doing that and they're having fun. No, no question. But I really do think the handbrake is a skill that, Oh my gosh, um, it's huge. And it's, they can get it early in life, like early, like three, three years old or even two. I was two and a half or one of her first rides on her pedal bike. I already knew she could use her brakes. I let her ride down the boardwalk in Fairhaven, Washington, which probably descends, yeah. you know, 60 feet of elevation down to the ocean. Yeah. And it's fairly steep, like, you know, 5% gradient. And she's just cruising down it fully in control, using both brakes, not scared, not nervous, just like yep. dialed. And I'm like, all right, cool. I feel like I've done something as a dad. I've taught her how to use her brakes safely. And here yeah. she is going down this, like, people are like looking like, isn't this kid going to die? And like, but she was never twitchy, never getting speed wobbles, just totally yeah. in control, stops at the bottom, puts a foot down, smiles back. It was we cool. have a, a dirt like walking trail thing that bikes are allowed on uh, near the house here. And one of the trail parts has like a, uh, I don't know, it's 25 feet or something of elevation gain or loss. Um, but in the middle of it has two sharp switchbacks, like 180 degree switchbacks. And I've been working with Ethan on perfecting his like amount of front brake going into it versus the amount of rear brake ah. through corners and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's been awesome watching him progress in that, you know, like the first time he went down, it was kind of a mess. Uh, but as we've gone through this a few times now, he like learns that he can modulate the different brakes differently. And, you know, Ethan's almost five. But yeah. even at two and a half, he was learning how to to handle those two th- uh, two brakes, and so yeah, I'm all for hand brakes. Like I, I I've skipped the coaster brake altogether yeah. with Ethan. I actually don't know if he'd even know how to use a coaster brake. So they're um, sketchy, man. I've I've done quite a bit of coaster brake riding myself in adulthood, yeah. and. You think you got it, and then you go to bunny hop up to that curb, and all of a sudden, as you pull up, your feet rotate back just enough, and you grab that brake, and your front yep. wheels into the curb, you're over the handlebars, and you're on the ground, and you're just bummed. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I think those those are kind of my takeaways. Light bike, measure the inseam, um, and, and generally, like, you want to be close to your inseam and it all kind of depends on age and skill level and everything but uh, close to the actual inseam of your kid uh and a few inches above um 
uh, good brakes, whether disc or at least a V brake. Yeah. Um, which you know, the the maintenance on a V brake is real easy and everything. And then. I'm a big fan of the belt drive on the Clary, uh, mainly because it's clean and everything. Or sorry, not on the Clary, on the um, on the early the rider. Early rider. Uh, the one thing I don't love about the early rider, and it has only happened once, um, is uh, we did get Ethan's uh, pants caught in it one time, oh. and that's because it doesn't have any sort of chain guard, and I. I actually, as much as uh, when I was a kid, I hated the chain guard because it didn't look cool. As an adult, you're like, oh man, that that could make sense, you know? So that was like the one thing that I wasn't a huge fan of with that bike uh, is that it doesn't have a chain guard, but I just rolled up his jeans properly and he's been fine. So Yeah. Man, the Wombs have a pretty cool system. Have you seen it over their chain? I don't know if I have. I've got them up here. Let's take a look. Oh, man. So it's it's pretty wild. It's this plastic thing that like snaps into each link. And then it's got a guard that goes inside the chain. And literally, the whole I've never seen the chain on Evelina's bike. It's fully sealed with this plastic cover oh. thing. It makes it look like a belt, but it's really a chain in there. It's, Interesting. it's pretty crazy, but it's, it's worked well for us. So That is cool. I've wanted like to swap it. the gear ratio on her womb, too, to a lower so she can pedal uphill a uphill, little bit better. Yeah. But I still see her spun out on the flats, wanting to go a little bit faster. So, ah, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and then, if she's learning the stand-up technique, she's probably going to start being able to push that heavier gain ratio, you know, and get up the hills yeah, soonish. I kind of think it could be even even a little bit lower, but ah, it's a lot of work. I don't know if I can mess with that plastic chain guide and still retain yeah, it. So. Fair enough. Oh, um, man. It, and that does make a case for, uh, you know, like a geared bike, but I'm not a huge fan of external geared bikes uh, for young kids, mainly because kids are tough on bikes, right? Yeah. Like they drop them in the street, they knock a derailleur out, like it's... Uh, you really have to teach them to lay it down on the other side. Um, so that is one thing that's kind of cool about like Cleary and a few others where they, they actually have flip-flop wheels. So if you're dealing with a lot of hills and stuff, you can flip it. Uh, but there's also some options out there that are doing like three and plus um, internal geared hubs. And I think that makes a lot of sense in a kid's bike, you know, like easy maintenance and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. It does add a little bit of heft, though, for sure. But something to consider as, as you're shopping for bikes. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at this womb, uh, the off air with the suspension for it. I haven't even checked those out in a long Dude. time. I've seen a few around town and folks, lo- folks love them. But yeah, they yeah. look pretty cool. Um I keep looking at, like you mentioned, we have Norco now, um, and I've been looking at their like full suspension 20-inch bikes, and they're not cheap. Like, oh. <laughs> But I'm like, Christy, I, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to have to buy that for you. <laughs> so luckily, my That'll wife is happen. full on board with us buying <laughs> bikes for the kids. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, my have favorite you... thing about this whole quarantine is we're... Um, building out the backyard to have a bike track for Evelina to ride on. Nice. It's also a mini moto track because the elevation change, it's too much. She's ridden her pedal bike back there once and it's just like 10 seconds of fun and then three minutes of hiking and the yeah. ratio is off. So I think it's going to be good for the moto, but man, that's just, uh, if you can do any of this stuff at home in your yard, in front of your house, like yeah. it's a good time. You'll never forget it. So we have, uh, 
a slight grade to the part of the street we live on. There's actually a decently sized hill right before our house. Um, But then on the other side of the street um, is a sidewalk that goes kind of the majority of the length of our street. And it's just straight and just goes on and on. And uh, I've been priming all the neighbors as we go on our walks and stuff that uh, we're going to get all the parents together of kids to like fund a mini skills course that just runs the length of the sidewalk. So it's going to start at my neighbors like directly across the street because he has a couple of kids. Um, And we're going to start there and just have like little ramps, little, you know, skinnies, little teeter totters, things like that. And they'll just be along the street and that side of the the road is kind of the uphill side so most people have retaining walls and stuff there so what we're planning to do is basically just at the end of the night because it'll go in front of a bunch of neighbors house the kids or the adults have to push all the the uh skills features up against the walls so that you know if people are walking they're not in the way or whatever so we're excited to get started on that and we're going to put uh, you know each parent group in charge of building some feature and they put it out so nice uh, it, it should be pretty cool did you see uh was it the lone wolf or he just did like a kind of entry ramp thing on his youtube video off his deck and then he's building like some sort of little pump track or jump thing or whatever no did but that's see? awesome i haven't seen that yet i think it was on the lone wolf it might have might have been I think it was Lone Wolf that was doing it. Anyways, but one of the things that was super cool, one of the features we want to do is his dad, who apparently does a bunch of woodwork stuff, um, came up with a ramp that is basically two by fours or two by sixes, something like that, on just a standard, you know, angled platform, right? So super basic, like you built when you were a kid. But he got tricky. And what he did is he put um, semicircle ends that were connected together and pivoted with pins on them and what it did is it made pivot points for the last two boards so as you pulled these pins and rotated things you could either increase the transition at the end of the last two boards and they were connected together so if you did the first one it would raise the second one and then if you did the second one it it kicked even harder so like you could kick this one and it would move that and then you could kick this one and um anyways and then you'd put the pins back in but the other cool part is you could transition it the other way so it could make a rolled landing as well and i am absolutely planning to build those so you guys should check this out i'm pretty sure it's the lone wolf maybe it's is there, there's a lone ranger and a lone wolf. I never remember which one's which. Uh, <laughs> but you should check it out. It's a recent video on it his YouTube. It might be lone ranger because he's got kids. And I don't think lone, I don't think Drew at lone wolf has any kids. Fair enough. Yeah, he uh, he's definitely got kids. And he's riding the Ritmo V2, I think. Yeah, so. that's Lone Ranger. Yep. Okay, Lone Ranger. Sorry. Yep. Lone Wolf, you're still cool. I like you too. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not cool. who we're looking for. So anyways, uh, you should check it out. It's a great video. Um, 
But yeah, so I'm going to try to steal these ideas. He said that his dad might actually make plans that you can purchase for it. So I'm hoping because I'd love to support him in this just for coming up with a cool idea. But uh, yeah, super rad. Uh, So, Jeff, you were asking, like, is 26 the new kids wheel? And my response is yes, absolutely. Like, I think it is. And um, I think... uh, we probably should talk a little bit about the common wheel sizes. So we generally start at 12 as usually the small one, although there is stuff as small as nine, right? Yeah. Um, our little, like the first bike she had was nine inch wheel for around the house or whatever. And off road, it was super sketchy. Yeah. And then 12 is, you know, the, the Cleary Gecko is a pedal bike, 12 inch yep. wheel. And it's like one of the only 12 inch wheel pedal bikes. Yeah, I think Norco makes a 14-inch wheel pedal bike. Our Womb 2 is so, a 14-inch yeah. wheel pedal. That's what the Zulu from Prevello and Early Rider also offers mm-hmm. a 14-inch wheel pedal option. Yeah, and then we go into 16. Uh, are we are we seeing anything in the 18 realm, or do we jump from 16 you to know, 20? I, I feel like it jumps. I not much in 18. I think BMX might have some 18-inch wheel options. Yeah, I think you're right. Harder to find. It's surprisingly hard to find good quality BMX bikes for kids, and I, I remember seeing like the micro-sized BMX race bikes all over when I was a kid, and now I'd... I haven't. Maybe I gotta check out like Redline or something. I think uh, I think Fly and Stolen both have stuff. I think because I gotta be more freestyle related though. Because like you could usually get into BMX racing by like four or five. Right. That's a great skill builder. But not, I don't even remember where to find those bikes. And like we, none of us mountain bike nerds ever take the BMX stuff serious. Unfortunately. I take it serious that I'm really bad at it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I grew up racing and I was like, you know, starting out at 10 or 11 or whatever, but yeah. man, like there's all these little kids, like four and five racing and they'd use like sew up tires, really small, yeah. like seven eighths inch tires on 20 inch wheels and they would make it around the yeah. track. Not super fast, but they were shredding and. Quick, okay, there they are, the minis yeah. and the juniors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quick Google oh, search comes up with actually quite a few. Kink, DK, Chase, Haro, uh, all seem to have stuff. that Some in the race category, some in the um, the kind of freestyle category. Yeah, we have a, um, uh, we this have fit, a fit. Misfit is so rad. That's what I have in Sedona for Evelina. It's got three-piece cranks on it. And it's it's way too much bike for her. But last time yeah. we were there was in the fall. She was freshly three, and she could not stand up and pedal on it. And it's like trying to – it's too heavy for yeah. – like she'll be able to ride it as she gets older. But it's like even though the wheel size is small on the Misfit, it's still – like I can ride that bike fairly comfortably. It's yeah. kind of like – yeah, it's a tough one. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, so, you know, it's some cool stuff there. I've actually been hanging on to my 20-inch BMX that's mine for my kid because it's close enough to what I remember riding as a BMX kid when I was young, you know, like in this 8 to 10 range and whatever. And so I've just been hanging on to that um, for him. And, yep, it'll be old, but, man, it'll still work. And Hey, BMX it, bikes haven't changed that much. Not that much, yeah. And it's nice to have for me because I occasionally pull it out and try to prove that I'm not old yet, um, <laughs> <laughs> which it usually does the opposite because I'll get hurt and be like, ah. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, but, you know, as we go through them, we go uh, 16 and then 20, which is a bigger jump, uh, 20 to 24. And I do think that 26 is kind of the... Um, 
you know, new thing. And that's going to obviously be for older kids, right? We're going to probably be looking at eight plus years old there. Yeah. Uh, but around here, like we have a, a group that I'm bummed because COVID's throwing a, a loop in my plans here. But um, it's a, oh man, going to have a brain fart and forget the name <laughs> of it. Um, I'm thinking Little Shredders, but that's not it. Um, but uh, School of Send, there's a, a guy here, um, Gary Posh, who is an absolute shredder, and uh, he runs this School of Send, and basically they teach kids, I think, starting at age five and going all the way up into early teens, and um, they just take them up to the trails, to the pump track, to various places. They'll pick them up after school in this little mini bus that he's all, got all murdered out with like a big rack for the bikes and take them out and teach Same them how legit. to shred. Like it is, it's amazing. I literally have seen like seven to nine year olds hitting jumps that I'm like, uh, I don't know if I'll hit that. Like they're sending it. Um, and it's it's rad because there are definitely kids who are over biked in that situation but because he's teaching them such good skills and stuff uh they're able to be over biked and still have a bike they can grow into because i think it is a bit tempting as a parent to always oversize so that they can grow into a bike but that can actually be a detriment to them progressing um, but you want to be able to do that a little, right? It'd be great if you could get three years out of a bike instead of one and a half, right? Especially yeah. when they're three to 600 or sometimes even more like looking at these full suspension bikes that are coming in at 1500 to $2,500. It's like, I'd like to get a few years out of that. Right. Um, ideally, ideally. <laughs> so I think there is something to being able to like push the wheel size just a little bit, but as long as you're kind of watching, um, top two blanks and, uh, inseam heights and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so keep that in mind, but yeah. Uh, now do you think, uh, Evelina, right? That's yep. Yeah. Yep, Evelina. Do you think she's going to lean, lean towards the dirt side of things or towards the road side of things? Oh, I think towards the dirt. We live directly on a huge 50-plus mile mountain bike trail network. All the local kids in town, all of her future friends yeah. or whatever, riding buddies, they're all big mountain bikers. And the road scene here is not very big, nor very safe. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I think that seems to be the leaning of of Ethan here. Um, you know, every time we go up to uh, Family Man, which is kind of a middle ground at post canyon here where you can there's like all these progression like kid jumps and stuff like that and he just loves it like absolutely right now we're on we've been doing that together on that um kids ride shotgun seat which is cool. fantastic I've, I've loved that thing and the mac ride um you were saying you were using that on the e-bike with evelina and i like i think that makes so much sense to put those two things together because you I mean, between the seat, the kid, all that other stuff, you're packing some extra weight for sure. Honestly, and the extra weight of the e-bike helps neutralize the kid's weight up top, and it just makes it a lot. It's less noticeable when she's on that versus a regular bike. Yeah. And then it, it's just chilling. Like, it's a different way of doing it. It's fun yeah. either way. She's only 30 pounds, but a lot of kids, you know, it's her same age or 10, 15 pounds heavier. Yeah. And that adds up pretty quick. I wish e-bikes were legal on our local trails. Yeah. 
that would be such, I could more easily take her pedal bike up to the jump trails with me or wherever else and let her get a ride in on some different terrain and then shuttle her back. Yep. Um, we have been using the towy strap a little bit. I was just going to say, have you tried that thing? Yeah, it's pretty decent. Unfortunately, our little gal is not into it anymore. She was like, one time she got kind of nervous or whatever, and then she put her feet down and grabbed the brakes. Then the strap got really long, and mm. then she didn't say anything, and then it kind of sprang and it pulled her back. It wasn't like, it's way better than like an inner tube or like a homemade type leash or whatever. But still, it kind of scared her a little bit. So now she's not into it at yeah. all. <laughs> I was actually telling my wife that uh, we were on a run the other day. Uh, that's been um, since our trails are closed. My wife and I have been running a fair bit. Actually, we started long before COVID. But um, we were on a run and we saw a family with one of those. And I was like, Christy, I think I need to get one of those. So I need to try that out. Um, and the way they slip onto the saddle, it's just like a closed loop that slides over the nose of your saddle. Okay. And like... Two-thirds of the time, if the kid blows past you, it'll just pull the strap right off the saddle, and it won't keep them going. It'll keep them from having the strap, you know, stop them in place, flipping them over the handlebars. So okay. that's a really cool safety feature that's built into it. And then the amount of elasticity is pretty good for a kid. Yeah. And the quick little carabiner, it's pretty easy. I wish it was just a little bit longer so it was more comfortable to, like, wrap around your waist or whatever. Uh, yeah. But generally, it's a pretty decent, pretty decent little thing. You can make your own, but it, it's it's turnkey. It's like I think it's like fifty bucks with shipping and tax and everything. Yeah, all that, and done. that's not too bad. Well, I have to check that out. And that's uh, T O W H E E. Is that right? Toey? Something like that. Something. Yeah, it's hard to Google for, but you can find it. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> pretty cool little option. Um, I've been planning to throw Ethan on the trail bike to try that um, behind us, but I I think that's probably more suited for our commuter setup than a mountain biking setup um i it kind of like we were talking about with the kid on the the rear seat i feel like there's a little bit more of a pendulum swing that happens with those if you do go over some stuff and right now my kid loves hitting jumps like he's not jumping <laughs> uh but he loves like rolling into stuff and going up and down and so we've been uh doing like the um uh, there's this run called middle school that is off a of family man there. And it's just a bunch of switchback berms with jumps in the middle. And they're all either rolled doubles or tabletops. So you, you don't have to gap things and like, mm -hmm. you know, I'll suck up the jump. So we're only going a couple inches off the ground, but he just absolutely loves that. And uh, it's been great doing that. Um, with that kid's ride shotgun, because, again, he can just, like, be right in the action and learn kind of how to, to handle that. And I've actually been teaching him how to, like, stand up when things look chunky so that he can <laughs> suck up some of the impact yeah. and not deal with the seat. So Alina stands up, too, but I do get, like, I'm neither the shotgun or the Mac ride, but I do get nervous that she's not going to have the strength if I need to slow down quickly to keep herself from getting hucked over the handlebars. Yeah, and I think that's, <sighs> you know, like, we're we started with the shotgun when Ethan was just a little over four okay. and so you know he's got a little bit of time and, and strength on your kid for sure totally um, yeah so you know it's all about balancing those things um and some kids just progress that kid cole that i was talking about on the street he's you know five and his brother i think is eight or nine and he's more 
aggro than his eight or nine year old brother and you know he just has that drive and that push and his brother's a good rider and you know strong and all that but like just at five like you can see this this kid's gonna do a backflip before he's 12 you know like it's happening um (laughs) he's just he's just that kid and awesome you know Mm -hmm. but uh you know you definitely have to kind of gauge what you're gonna do the tools you're going to use the bikes you're going to put your kid on based on how they're progressing and everything so yeah yeah cool um other than that like has there been anything that has like been a major setback for you with riding with evelina or any challenges you've experienced that you've had to come overcome you know i think the hardest thing is just sometimes your kid doesn't want to ride a bike sometimes they do yeah. You have to be ready when, like, the kid wants to go ride to just, okay, this is a golden opportunity. Drop what you're doing. End up maybe you're riding in your flip-flops and you're just, yeah, you know, <laughs> making do and just kind of letting your kid have that chance to get out there. Um, that's one thing. And then the opposite happens, too, when, like, she just does not want to go for a ride and it's so hard to pry her outside. So yeah, that, that's been the hardest for us is when she doesn't want to ride and we do want to ride, then that gets to be pretty natural conflict but if my wife's coming out and riding that usually means she wants to come ride yeah. so that's been our our trick yeah same here uh you know trying to make sure you balance the amount of pressure you put on them yeah you know i don't mean that as a bad thing but like uh you know my kid likes a lot of other activities coloring he has a couple of shows he likes you know things like that and sometimes i'll get off work and i'll be like hey then you want to go for a ride and he'll be like no i want to color and I'm like, mm, you could color anytime. <laughs> like it's sunny and beautiful, and and <sighs> you do have to kind of just remember that, like they, if they're not into it, pushing them isn't going to make them more into it. Now I do usually follow up with like, you know, Ethan, if we don't do it now, that and you want to do it later, we'll run out of sunlight or you know things like that to just really make him aware of it. And often he has chosen to end up riding um, instead of doing whatever activity. But I try to do that pressuring just just light enough, you know, to like make him understand. Um, but you know, it's I will say he is definitely finding the love for riding now. Cool. Um, to where I almost don't have to convince him anymore. And that that's new. That's like in the last year or less. Um, whereas one before, of the, I definitely... One of the Moto podcasts do. I've been listening to, the guy had a really, really bit cool bit of advice that I think applies to us mountain bikers. And that was that it's not important to tell your kid to go fast. Like, don't worry about encouraging your kid to go fast. Just do your best to try to get them to learn proper techniques. And Mm -hmm. if they're asking for help, like don't encourage them to just blast it. Like try to help them out with being more in control because the need for speed is going to, going to be there as they get better. Yeah. So if we can do all we can to keep them safe and get them the proper techniques to do it safely, they'll take care of going fast when they're ready for it. I mean, on their side of things, they're big into racing. And so he's seeing lots of the other parents pushing their kids to just send it fast, fast, fast. And he's like, no, we've just been kind of learning the right techniques first. And I know one day when he's ready, he'll he'll want to go fast. Yeah. And I've been trying to follow that as best I can. But, you know, like you try and then you do. And it's yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it's hard true. when your kid's only three and a half to. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually kind of had a recent 
uh, example of this. Um, I was watching my kid uh, on his pedal bike and, you know, he's getting faster and stuff, but he was cornering um, and dropping his inside pedal or pedaling while cornering. And most of the time that's not an issue when you're just doing light corners, but he was starting to corner harder. And there was a few times that it got pretty close to sketchy where he'd catch that pedal, not quite bucket toss him, but you know, it could. And so, um, I just kind of made a game with some cones and stuff like that. I think I, I used some of his plastic cones and I had some of my water bottles and stuff. And we just went out and practiced cornering drills and, um, you know, like I kind of sold it to him as he was learning a trick, right? And he got to show his mom the trick that he had learned and everything. And so uh, I really cool. kind of just spent probably the better part of 30 minutes plus working with him on different corner things. And it's interesting because I now see him cornering harder and faster without me having to tell him to corner harder and faster. You know, he's just right like on. learning that because he he knows this skill, he can mm-hmm. go faster into things. So um yeah, I think I think skill before speed is absolutely key. And but you do have to make it something that's fun. Like it can't just be like running drills and be like, why aren't you getting this? You know, like, <laughs> like Man, yeah. I think when we She's not really ready to do like drills or whatnot yet, but as we get I mean, in six months, that'll probably change. But yeah. I can't wait to do them with her. We do a lot of family follow the leader drills, yeah. and then there's like we ride in some basketball courts with some circles on them, and it's like, all right, everybody stay inside the circle, everybody stay outside yeah. the circle. That's been fun, and we do like little circuits that are like set up little tiny, tiny little tracks. Like let's ride some laps. Yeah, and then who's gonna go first? That that we have a lot of fun with that. Nice. Yeah, and we've uh, we've loved like the basketball and tennis courts that are near our house because yeah. with them being flat but having stuff for them to go around like there's um benches there's lines like I, i'll have ethan like try to ride on a line and just stay on the line and that's cool. really hard when you're yeah. on a you know 12 to 16 inch bike that has a lot of wobble to it you know they're not super stable and so <laughs> yeah like uh it's if you can come up with fun things for them to do that they don't see as drills, they see as, you know, like activities or whatever. Well, they don't know like a drill is necessarily not fun also. So as long as you make it fun, right, then right. where drill won't be a loaded term with like, oh, I don't want to do a drill. Right, that sounds right. lame. So they don't, they don't know the difference. Yeah. So just, you know, remember to make it like a fun little challenge and stuff. And they, they tend to respond. And, and again, the response, uh, you know, I'm, a year and a half ahead on all of these things uh, versus Evelina, you know, where yeah, it's, this is newer for my kid. Um, and, and there's still time. Like if I, if I went back to three and a half, I'm like, did Ethan do any sort of drill? I don't think so. Like, <laughs> like we were working on breaks. I guess that was kind of a, a drills thing, but um, yeah, you know, like it, uh, it's definitely about making it fun and just getting them out there and uh, totally. be prepared to carry their bikes back a if you go anywhere. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And the bike on the back with like if you're using a kid ride shotgun to get someplace cool, yep. you can throw their smallish like run bike or whatever on your backpack without too much discomfort. Yeah. That helped us quite a bit. And, you know, we did one bike tour with Evelina, like an overnight oh, on nice. Orcas Island. And that was a while ago. She was maybe like two and a quarter. 
that went over really well and she had such a fun time just like that sense of adventure kids kind of thrive off the sense of whatever's going on in a situation mm -hmm. so if it's just like you know we're going for an adventure evelina we don't know what's gonna happen and it's gonna be fun she'll just like, ooh, i'm down for this yeah and that went really well so we were, we were hoping to go to croatia or italy or do some kind of a cool europe bike tour yeah. like, uh, late summer but None of that's happening right now. So next year, we'll do something like that. Fair enough. Yeah. No, that sounds awesome. Um, I was thinking about, like, just going out to Post Canyon for an overnighter. That was our yeah. big, big trip. <laughs> but Croatia, you know, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just there's a lot of cool, like, gravel dirt roads yeah. right by the, the coast there that are low traffic. And it would be super cool. And, you know, it's beautiful. And the weather should be nicer there than, than at home. Nice. Well, awesome. I think that covers like most of my knowledge about kid stuff. I'm sure there's other stuff. Uh, I do have an article on Jensen USA's blog, and you can easily find this uh, if you just go to JensenUSA.com, and you'll see right up there in kind of our navigation bar, it now says blog. And uh, there's an article specifically on the Kids Ride Shotgun, but it does cover a bunch of the other products I've used from bike trailers to um, the Yep mini seats and all that kind of stuff. And we'll probably add more as I go through my, you know, teaching my kid to ride stuff. Um, so, you know, go ahead and check that out. Uh, Jeff continually has stuff going up on his side. I know you have some YouTube videos with your daughter that have been pretty fun where you go camping and everything. Uh, and that's been really cool doing the overnight bike trips with her, like not bike tour, but we just hop in the van yeah. spend the night in the van or whatever, or do a bike ride either day. That those have been some of the best memories of being a dad. Yeah, for sure. Just like super fun to get out there. And yeah. we hope this was a bit educational for you. We also hope that it maybe just inspired you or gave, gave yeah. you some ideas of how to make, you know, your kids ride experience. Awesome. Um, you know, as I get older and, arguably less capable well less less capable <laughs> than i want to dream like i do just have to realize that at some point like i gotta i gotta push longevity for my writing and i'm actually probably a better writer now than i've ever been in my life but i also you have more experience now yeah but i am i'm also very <laughs> acutely aware of things like i have really bad shoulders and so uh i have to you know definitely uh roll into things with thought and whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, you know, I realized my dream of being a pro snowboarder, pro mountain biker or whatever is not really a reality, but that's okay. And I watch my kid um, in a lot of ways with the same kind of enthusiasm that I had as a kid for these sports that I wanted to do and just the dream of what was possible. And I can see that in my kid. And I, cool. uh, I sometimes have to quell that where I'm like, okay, he doesn't have to be a pro mountain biker, <laughs> but like, it's amazing watching the potential that you see there and just the joy. I mean, like the fact that my kid like legit comes up to me every day right now and is like, I want to go ride my bike. Let's go. And I'm like, yeah, I can't argue with you. Let's do that. Um, it's such a joy to watch. So we hope this, cool. um, you know, gives you guys something to either aim for or just, you know, ways that you can inspire your kids or maybe like all this is just stuff you're already doing. And that's fantastic. And we reinforce your awesome uh, activities. So, uh, yeah, kids, kids are rad. And, uh, you know, Jensen has a hashtag that we use um, and like a motto that's keep pedaling. And... Um, 
I actually have been with my kid always using like the start pedaling stuff because I think that's just as crucial, right? Like get them on a bike and it's like teaching them to fish, right? Uh, Yeah. Teach a man to fish and he can feed himself or whatever. Well, in this case, it's teach a kid to ride and he's going to have fun or she's going to have fun for the rest of their life. And like bikes are just so awesome and and such a great way to get empowering tools for someone of that age. Yeah. Like uh, before cars and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I'm just a huge fan. So anyways, I think that kind of wraps up everything with this podcast. And uh, any last thoughts there, Jeff? Man, enjoy it. These years fly. Like, I can't believe she's almost four. Like, yeah. I remember she was just born practically. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the days are long, but the years are short. <laughs> yes. Sometimes even the minutes are long. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it goes so quick. And uh, The red shoes or the blue shoes? The green ones. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have green ones. <laughs> yeah. I want green ones. No. <laughs> Yeah, 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 we all know those days. Anyways, well, as always, be sure to check out Jeff's content uh, throughout the interwebs, uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube being uh, kind of your your big source, and you have some cool videos coming out. Um, we've got some more stuff going on, and hopefully, Jeff, we uh, as we grow this market of kids stuff, maybe we can get some bikes up to Evelina for uh, doing oh my goodness doing some <laughs> testing on bikes, and uh, yeah, here we go. We can see what's what. Um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be growing this area of kids stuff. Uh, we just you know as more people in Jensen become uh, parents, we're just realizing. Yeah. Uh, the fit that it makes for the next generation of bikes and for the parents or of bikers and the parents uh, of those bikers and everything. And we, we can definitely fill in there. So we're stoked to have Norco on because that's obviously going to help expand our line quite a bit, but we'll be looking at a bunch of other options as well. So uh, keep an eye out. You should see more products showing up there as time goes. Uh, But yeah, check out Jeff on all the Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, all those things. Check out his own uh, webpage, jeffkendallweed.com. And And I've got an athlete page on jensenusa.com. You can check out uh, the stuff I'm riding there. So thank you, Seth, for putting that page together. Yeah, and that uh, should keep you up to date on his videos. We're pretty close to it. Uh, Every time I make sure to hit the update button on the playlist. And uh, I'm pretty good about that. So... Uh, and you can find that in the blog as well. You'll also find a lot of Jeff's reviews there, not just video ones, but Jeff does written content as well. He's quite prolific with the words. Thanks. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, we hope hope this helps. Hope you have a good time. Stay safe and healthy during this craziness with COVID-19. And uh, may you find joy and happiness with your friends and family in the best way you can while staying socially and responsibly distant. Keep pedaling. <laughs>